Welcome to the Unqualified Scholar Podcast. All right, hey there. Whenever and wherever this finds you, I hope you're doing well. This is the In Case You Missed It edition of the Unqualified Scholar. Last night at the church, we had uh, couples come out for uh, to talk about marriage and to talk about their marriage relationship. And one of the things we observed is that communication is really at the foreground of a lot of things that we have to deal with in our marriage relationship. We have to talk about things that we like. We have to talk about things that we don't like. This is true in terms of household chores. This is true in terms of our intimate relationship. This is true about planning and thinking about things that are coming down the pike. You know, as we deal with things that are stressful, we realize that there are a lot of things that are either positive or negative in our lives that create stress. You could think about, you know, having a baby. That's an exciting event, but it also creates the stress of becoming a parent. Grandkids are better, trust me. Um, So, as we think about you know the things that cause stress, there are some tools that we can use to communicate more effectively about stress. One of the things I observed last night, as we sat down with this tool, it's the kind of thing that just helps people come to the table, sit down with one another, and have an open conversation about how they're doing in their relationship. Without the tool, we tend to not come together. We tend to not have the conversation. So the tool can be very helpful. And so let me just show you uh, what this tool looks like um, because it's pretty straightforward. This is the personal stress profile. Now this is from Prepare and Enrich, which if you, even if you're doing well in your marriage, I would suggest that you go through the Prepare Enrich tool. All you have to do is contact me, send me your email address, your spouse's email address. I'll get you set up. You can go and you can take the survey and it'll spit out a report. And then we can just have a couple conversations about your report and how you're doing. It identifies things like strengths and weaknesses, things that you're doing well, things that you're doing poorly. I actually have an example, several examples that I can just drop in here. This is a couple, uh, this is called a conflicted couple type. And so you can see on this report, this is the report that it spits out, one page of it anyway, and you can see that this couple really has very low communication and conflict resolution skills. And so this couple really does need someone to sit down and help them as far as their conversation with each other, as far as moving their relationship in a positive direction, because they also have partner style and habits. You know, they they don't like the way that each other are in some ways and the the way that they do recreation. So here's another, uh, as long as we're on this tear, let's just keep going. Here's a different couple where, you know, they're doing pretty well in the bedroom, (laughs) but, uh, but they still need to work on some communication skills. They do like 50 is good. So this is a 40 here. They do okay in their conflict resolution, but they still, they have very different habits based on who they are. Here's a couple that, you know, they're, they're doing okay, but they could do better. That's called a conventional couple type. When you get to a couple that's a vitalized couple, you see this couple here, and I I honestly have forgotten who this is. They do great at communication and conflict resolution, and that's fantastic. You know, what they maybe need to work on is what they do together in leisure activities. Here's another vitalized couple. 
Here's another vitalized couple. But what you notice with this couple is that their spiritual beliefs are completely different. And so when they come to the point that they're going to have kids, how are they going to deal with their, uh, with, how are they going to raise the kids? It's going to be an important question for them because it's going to be, it's going to have a religious component to it. So in this exercise, the personal stress profile, because your partner might have different stresses than you have. And so in this conversation tool, what it is, is you sit down together and you select up to four issues that are most stressful for each of you. So this is basically just a brainstorming exercise where you get, you know, a piece of paper and you list out, oh, kids, you know, kids are causing a lot of stress right now because of certain situations or what they have going on. And so kids are very stressful. Maybe it's finances, maybe it's money. Uh, it's tax season. Maybe you, you did or maybe you owe some money or maybe you're getting back a big return and you have a different uh, opinion about how to spend that money, where that money should go, what that money should do. Maybe you're in school. My wife is in school right now. And so uh, her school creates probably more stress for her than for me. But it also creates a demand on her time that we as a couple have to understand and, and talk about. And so when we think about these things, we list them out. It's just a brainstorming exercise. And then you come together as a couple and you start talking. And what you're talking about is what is most stressful of all the things that we've talked about. And just pick four. So you pick four things that are most stressful. And the first thing that you look for, you look for what can you change? Some things in our lives are stressful and we can't change them. You can't not have kids, right? You can't not have a difficult relationship. Although you, you never know, that might be able to change if you're willing to have a conversation about it. So you decide and you look and you see, okay, what are we most able to change and what is the highest priority? As my wife and I talked about it, we talked about how there are a lot of unfinished projects around the house. I know whose fault that is. It's the guy who's talking to you right now instead of fixing a door. That's literally what I'm doing. And so how do we address that? How do we change that? Well, you decide what the highest priority is, and then you decide what your role is in fixing that problem. Now, there are some things that are very difficult to change. And so in the, in the tool, there's just a different block that says, okay, what things are high priority that are very difficult to change. The phase of life that your kids are in, whether they're teenagers or preteens. I've heard so much about the new season of the popular video game that my grandson plays that I would pull my hair out if I had any hair. How do you plan to cope? Okay, so I'm going to have to go his direction. And so I realize that this is going to take some of my time. It's going to take some of my emotional energy to just listen to play the game with him, to enjoy that he enjoys it. How do you plan to cope? Okay, I'm going to set aside some time to deal with my grandson because I love him. Now, there are other things that are lower priority. And low priority things often consume more time than they should. And so you may be able to change some things uh, by spending less time on low priority issues. One of the things that my wife in this in this series, my wife has come to me and said, you know, I wish we would spend a, a more time in the evening after supper getting the kitchen taken care of so that every night when we go to bed, the kitchen is nice and clean. Now, some of you maybe already do this. This is an us thing, not a you thing. And she said, I wish we did that more. It's like, OK, 
go ahead. That would start an argument, wouldn't it? No. The way that you do this is you say, okay, I'm going to take my part, and for my part, I'm going to say, hey, let's go get the kitchen straight before we get into our evening routines. Maybe even include the kids. All right, kids, come on. It's time to get the kitchen straight. And so the way that we spend time on low-priority issues is all of the things that distract from getting the kitchen straight. What are some things in your life that are low priority issues that you spend too much time on. I know, Facebook, uh, social media, all those kind of things. We can all spend less time on those things and that would be good for us. And then box four, you know, least critical issues. So there are four different areas that we wanna talk about. What are the high priority things that we are able to change? What are the high priority things that are difficult to change that we may have to learn how to cope with? What are the low priority things that are stealing our time? And then what are some issues that, you know, maybe as we talk about it, as we realize it, it's not really that critical that we fix this problem. Okay, so we can deal with this. We can live with this. What I noticed last night as our couples were talking, because we did this in person, we, we sat down and we talked about it. What I noticed was this. Without the tool, the conversation didn't happen. That's really interesting to me. This is all like the couples that we had last night. Many of them had been married for years. And yet without the tool, the conversation wasn't going to happen. Wow. That's a, a building a case for we as a culture having opportunities and creating opportunities in our lives for our marriages to have those conversations. Whether it's saying, okay, Pastor Todd, I'm going to come sit down with you. I want to talk to you and your wife and me and my wife or my spouse. And we want to talk about our relationship. Okay, great. Let's do it. Let's bring out some of these tools. What I love about marriage counseling and pre-marriage counseling is it sharpens my ability to have a good relationship with my wife because we talk about the things that we need to talk about. Okay, so that's the personal stress profile. You sit down and you have a conversation about things that are bothering you, things that are creating stress, either positive or negative in your life, and you might find, you will find, that your partner's stress is different than yours. Sometimes surprisingly so. And so as you have that conversation, what you realize is that there are things you have to do or change to take care of your partner's stress. And there are other things that you may have thought were huge stressors that you were actively working on that you don't need to worry about. And so let's talk a little bit about conflict resolution. Inevitably, you will have conflict with other people. That seems to be the way that the world runs. There is no conflict-free lifestyle that I've been able to discern unless it's to be a hermit, to live in the basement, and to read books. That does sound like a nice life, doesn't it? Um, so one of the things that we understand as we look at conflict resolution, uh, there, there are 10 steps. And we'll just go through these 10 steps and, and try to think about them. Set a time and place for discussion. You don't want to do a drive-by on your partner where you catch them out of the blue. At least give them some time to warm up and prepare and say, hey, I'd like to have a conversation about our relationship. And I don't want to have an argument, but I do want to have a conversation. So what's a good time and place where we're both relaxed and we can both sit down and identify the problem so that we can work on the problem and not just fight with each other? 
Okay, so we're going to set a time and place for the discussion. Okay, next Tuesday at 2 o'clock, we're going to sit down and we're going to hash things out. Okay, great. This gives your partner a little bit of time to understand that you love them, that this isn't... Um, you, you don't hijack them. You don't walk in and start a fight. You set up a time where you can have a discussion. So when you sit down for the discussion, you say, hey, there's something that I want to talk about, and I want to define the problem. And the way that you define the problem is that you you don't say, it's you. All right? You don't walk into a relationship and say, hey, we have a problem. It's you. Um, it might be something that your partner is doing or not doing that you need to address and be clear about, but defining the problem means it's you and your partner against the problem, not you and your partner against each other. So define the problem. List the ways you each contribute to the problem. I don't want to do the dishes. That's the way that I contribute to the problem of not getting the kitchen cleaned after dinner. I don't want to do it. I want to go sit down and play with my phone. I want to go, you know, read about the news. I want to do something different than cleaning the kitchen. The, just this past week, I made a trade where she put the kids to bed and I did the kitchen, which in my mind was a fair trade. So you define the problem and you list the ways that you contribute to the problem. And then after you've listed the ways you contribute, think about the ways you have come to this problem in the past. Okay, what are some past attempts to resolve the issue that were unsuccessful? And in doing that, what you might find is that you have to set a, an alarm on your Google phone, whatever, that, and the alarm is for an event. Clean the kitchen or whatever it is. I missed taking the trash to the curb this week, and it's so frustrating because I actually have that alarm set. Okay, so how do I make sure that I don't fail to take the garbage to the curb again? It's that I remind myself through the day or that I, I make a, a, a stronger alarm or when I hear my alarm, instead of continuing to do whatever I'm doing, I get up immediately and I take the trash to the curb. Those kind of things are the kind of things that we should be doing in a lot of ways. So past attempts to resolve the issue that were not successful, that's step four. Step five is brainstorm 10 possible solutions to the problem. And 10 solutions to a problem sounds like a, a, big, a big number, but think about it. What you're trying to do when you brainstorm is come up with as many options, even crazy, ridiculous options. Um, maybe I have to assign my grandson to take the trash out. Maybe my grandson becomes the reminder. You know, when I say, hey, it's time to go to bed, his first response is almost always, can I stay up later? Maybe I can train him to say, uh, hey, Papa, the kitchen's not clean yet. I can't go to bed without the kitchen being clean. Oh, maybe he'd be up for that. Maybe he'd be okay with staying up a little later to get the kitchen clean. I'm skeptical, but it's we're brainstorming here, right? So we're going to brainstorm 10 possible solutions. Now, after you brainstorm, then you go back and discuss and evaluate each of these possible solutions. Now, here's where you're trying to be objective. You're not trying to you really can't descend into the you never and you always. That's not going to help solve the problem. That's just going to make your marriage relationship worse because you're attacking your partner. You're not attacking the problem. And so make sure as you do this that you are focused on solving the problem. 
agree on one solution to try. So step seven, agree on one solution to try. Agree how, step eight, how you will each will work towards this solution. Okay, so in the kitchen thing, I'm going to take responsibility for my part. Okay, with the trash thing, I'm going to take responsibility for my part. I'm going to find a creative solution to these problems so that we don't have the problems. And this way, you know, you're allowing your partner to observe how you do, how you're doing at solving this problem. Uh, and that's the next thing. So step seven, agree on one solution to try. Step eight, agree how you will each work towards the solution. Step nine, set up another meeting to discuss your progress. Hey, let's talk in two weeks and see how we're doing. What's, what's failing, what's succeeding. And reward each other for progress. When you notice that your partner is doing something that you like and that you want done, notice it. Say something. Hey, I noticed that you took the trash out for me this week. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Those words go a long way. Sometimes we take each other for granted. We have to make sure that we're expressing appreciation for our partner. Okay, so conflict resolution. How are you doing with that? By using the tool, and this is what's very interesting, by using the tool, even if it's like put it on your refrigerator, uh, bring it out when you have these discussions and walk through the steps, step by step by step, so that when you get to that point, you're not frustrated, you're solving problems together. And that's really what your marriage is supposed to be. It's you and her facing a difficult world and solving problems together. Even if those problems are difficult or can't move, how will you together, how will you cope and how will you support one another when you're dealing with those difficult problems? Hey, this is the Unqualified Scholar and I hope you're doing great. This is the In Case You Missed It Marriage Edition. Last night we had a good time. If you find that you're in need of a tune-up, something more detailed, maybe you need someone to sit down with you and just talk about some of these tools and how to use them. We're here for that, and we'd be happy to talk to you about it. Have a great day, and God bless you.